And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM, where we are going to get into our 20 million movement Bible study for the day. But before we do, you do not have the answer to the quiz yet. No, no, they don't. <clears throat> and apparently the questions are getting harder rather than easier. Correct, Amando, and they're about to get harder yet. Ah, so this is, I'm so excited about it. This is, I really do think this might be our hardest quiz yet. And P.S., if you have tried to call to tell us the answer, please try again because we realized we had a problem with the uh, phones this morning, but they're now working. So okay. sorry if you've been trying to call and answer. Uh, but the, the phones are working now. Ring in, please. What city am I? Uh, I am one of the cities of refuge. Okay. So that's one yeah. of six. Uh, oh, one of six. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. One of six. One of six. The next clue might narrow those six down even further. Uh, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. I just want to tell you guys, by the way, that I've literally taken a photograph of the quiz card with all the clues written on it and stuck it up on our Instagram uh, so go to Instagram if you want to see all see the clues. All the clues. Even the ones I haven't said yet on the radio. Our Insta handle is Faith FM Live. It's all lowercase one word, Faith FM Live, L-I-V-E. And uh, just click your finger on our profile picture and a picture will come up and you'll see not only the prize but all the clues. Okay, there you go. If you know the answer, go there and uh, get some extra clues just to make sure that you have the right answer. And give us a call on 1-800-324-843 and there will be a prize coming your way. I'm having a hard time concentrating, Lyle. Why are you having a hard time concentrating? You're multitasking. You, no, because I'm, I'm really excited because I'm thinking about the, um, the social night that we're having coming up in like three, four weeks at our church, Maitland Church. We're having a... Um, Costume party. And trivia night. And trivia night, combined. I'm the quiz master, so I'm actually creating the trivia, and I'm going to be the quiz master, so I get the microphone, I get to tell people what to do. I'm going to love it. And you're you're going as as, as a day? No, no, Lyle, don't tell people. So the costume party theme is the letter D. So you have to come as something starting with the letter D. Lyle just told me he was going to come as a delinquent and come as himself. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do that. You can't, and I'm so scared a bunch of dads are going to turn up just, you know, wearing normal clothes and be like, I'm a D for dad, and like think that they're doing like the best dad joke ever. I'm not into that. You're going to no. put some effort into There's it. There's actually a law against that. Yeah, absolutely. There yeah. Was a, it's been announced right here on yeah. Faith FM Radio. You're not allowed to come as a dad. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a bunch of dunces hats, and if you turn up without a costume, you'll be wear you'll, you'll be made to wear a dunce hat, and you'll be. Nah, I love it. Yeah, I yeah, love so it. That's, that's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and um, but you are more than welcome to come. Uh, come as a come in your costume, something same with D. Come to the yeah, we'd night. love to have you come along. Yeah, and I was just discussing with Lyle um, because we're going to try and keep the D theme going and uh, we're trying to think of a lot of foods that we can serve that start with the letter D and so I'm just working out some infrastructure with Lyle. He's going to maybe organize to have a donut wall a donut wall built for me so a huge wall with like dowels on it and then you hang the donuts on the dowels it's gonna be so cool if you don't know what a donut wall is like literally look it up online and like you'll start salivating onto your phone (laughs) anyway I might just come as someone disgusting so, once again, come as yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be someone delightful. 
But yeah, if you if you if you'd like to come, give us a call here. We can we can uh, get all the details out for you. Uh, it is on the fifteenth of June at Maitland SDA Church at five thirty p.m. Um, there will be donation entry uh, fee. Um, just so we can cover the costs of the food and stuff like that. But yeah, pretty cheap um, for a great night out. We had uh, we had the letter P last year, and we had an absolute cracker of a time. We certainly did. It was so it was much fun. What did you go as? I don't remember. You went as a pirate. Pi- okay, pirate. Yeah, so yeah, I remember you had a parrot on your shoulder and everything, and a patch. Yeah, 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 and yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Yep, I went yep. as a patient because I was actually literally sick. <laughs> I had like my onesie, my bathrobe, my pink fuzzy bunny slippers, and I had my, my head wrapped up and everything. I still think Psycho Sam was the best. Me too. Me too. <laughs> That's the best. Me too, yes. I helped make that one. Yeah, that yeah. Was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Psycho Sam. Is it a man or is it a bush? Man or bush? It's Psycho Sam. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of people out there have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of people who are absolutely laughing their heads off because yeah. <laughs> they've seen Hunt for the Wilder people. Anyway, let's jump into our 20 million movement. What are we Bible study today, today, we're talking about the joy and responsibility of parenting. Ow. Psalms 127 is what we're going to read today. The whole psalm, Mon. The whole thing. The whole the thing. Whole thing. Well, the whole chapter of the Bible. The whole Bible out then. You have a lot of reading ahead of you. Wait, say Psalms 23? 127. Oh, 127. Yes. Wait, hang on. Is it the longest one? Um, What's the one that's the longest? The longest. 119. Well, oh, yeah, 119. That's right. As long as you don't ask me to read that because we'll be here still tomorrow. Well, you still got to read the whole psalm. Okay. Wait. Yeah. I'm in trouble there, finding there my is, books. It is, it is before that book. Yes, I realise that now. There we go. No, now I'm in 119. Do you yeah, ever we'll notice how turning. often every time you turn to the, the book of Psalms, you end up in Psalms 19 because it's so long? <laughs> okay. It's only five verses, Lyle. Yes. Okay, Psalm 127, verses 1 to 5. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously looking for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in the, in the warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of things in here in this psalm. And so, yeah, what? It, okay, so just to summarize the whole thing, what's the basic message of the psalm, Mon? Uh, I feel like there's like almost two different sections. One of them about like um, nothing, everything you do is useless unless you dedicate to God. And the other half is about kids. Yeah, and they're actually the same section. It's um, a device that the psalmist uses to, um, and this is a psalm of Solomon, um, it's a device that he uses to illustrate important points. And so the psalm is actually, the whole psalm is actually about children. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it starts in, in verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, you know, they labor in vain, those that build it. Now, of course, lots of people b- who build houses um, who are not connected with God, who have no re- relationship with God, and they build houses that last a long time and are very successful and useful and uh, good, sturdy structures. Yes. So he's not talking about uh, bricks and mortar or timber, you know, anything like that here. That's not what uh, Solomon is addressing. So what's he talking about? When he talks about the Lord building the house, he is talking actually talking about the home. Okay. So that the makes- difference between a home and a house, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, you can you can make a home out of anything, but you know houses are. Uh, you, 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 you can have an amazing home in a terrible house. Yes, that's true. That's true. That's so true. when I lived at uh, Berkshire Park, I had a terrible house, but it was an amazing home. We lived there for fourteen years. And anybody who walked into that home was like, "Yeah, this has got this. This just feels like a home." Yeah, and I was, was going to say I quite liked it there. Yeah. yeah, but when you actually, if you actually looked at it, it was it was you know it was a piece of rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Um, fibro tin roof. Part of it was tin roof. Part of it was old tiles. It had been moved there, so the floor was all over the place. The carpet was you know gone. Yeah, well, you you know it had fibro lining inside and out with no insulation. You go on and on and on about that old place, and uh, it was um, it, it kept the weather out. Mm-hmm. But inside, my wife turned that into a home. She really did. Yeah, she really really. And did. it was a special place, and people would come there and they would be relaxed. Yeah, they would. Um, and so Solomon is talking about the home here rather than the house, and of course he's good, got good experience of this because you know. When he rejected God, he had a large house yeah, with many children. And many wives. And many wives. And it was not a success for him. And he worked in vain. And in uh, Ecclesiastes, he talks about how it was all just vanities. You know, he did this and he did that and he did the other. And he was trying to fill that God-shaped hole inside of his life and nothing was filling it. And it was all in vain. The whole lot, he says, was just vanity. It was worthless because God was not at the center of it. So he's somebody who's actually an expert to speak on this subject. Um, and then he likens it, you know, to uh, um, unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman, you know, stays awake in vain. Um, and, and, and so like you've got a city, you've got a watchman on the city. His job is to sound the alarm if there's any kind of threat um, to wake people up and Solomon saying, look, doesn't matter how many watchmen you set and how awake and vigilant they are, if God is not on your side, if God is not at the center of your city, it's a waste of time. The city will be taken. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So it's quite a vivid in, a vivid illustration, really, of you know how this... Uh, it's quite a strong illustration, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it, it sort of, to me, it sort of speaks of like wartime almost. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's true because um, the devil is really after families. And, and in verse two, you know, it is vain for you to rise up early and sit up late. You know, people working themselves, working their fingernails, their, their fingers down to the bone to try and provide for their families and to have amazing families. And the harder they work to have an amazing family, the less amazing their family is. So how do you get an amazing family then? By making God the center of that family. Unless God builds the house, unless God guards the city, unless God is the center of the home, unless God is the center of the city, then you will work and work and work and work and you will never be satisfied. So how do you actually make God the center of your family? Like how can you like force like you know let's say you you're into God but you know, the rest of your family isn't like how like how, how do you make God the center of your family? Well that's a really really good question you ask. I like the context in which you ask that question because you have outlined a context in which it is incredibly hard to have God at the center of your family, which is why God says don't be unequally yoked. In other words, don't go and marry a non-believer. If you're in a relationship with a non-believer, there is a thing in your pocket called a phone. Take it out. Dial their number and break up with that person 
because the amount of pain every day that goes past is just going to increase the amount of pain that you're going to go through in the future. Oh, that's absolutely true. And you know, and you'll have this experience here that's written about in Psalms 127, where you will work and work and work to and try and build that home, and it'll be all for it nothing. Just won't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be in one accord. Okay, so moving on there in uh, verse three, it says, "Children are a heritage of the Lord." So, so here is actually, you know, if it wasn't for you know the last three verses of this psalm, you could be tempted to think that uh, Solomon was talking about construction. Mm. But the last three verses is where he really talks about his main subject matter. So, yes, just in point. case you're thinking about destruction. It's not actually destruct. Uh, sorry, construction. It's not construction I'm talking about here. It's actually the home, mm. and a home centers around children in many ways. Um, you know, homes that have children, and uh, um, and he says, "Look, this is the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is God's reward." And so we need to look at our children that way, that they are a blessing from God, and that uh, you know they've been given to us by God, they've been entrusted to us by God to be raised for His glory and for His honor. Amen. Hmm. All right. So on that thought, Mon, uh, yes. here's a question for you. Uh-oh. If you raise your children just right, let's say that you raise them perfectly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's say you, you raise them perfectly. Now, that's not ever going to happen in an imperfect world. But let's say you do raise them perfectly. Will those children become followers of God? Uh, um, I want to say we've done it perfectly. Why not? You can't force them, though, to choose God. Do you have a guarantee that if you raise them perfectly? I'm talking perfectly. No, there's no guarantee at all because that that child will become their own person. They still have to choose God for themselves. Yes. And this is a very important point because I think a lot of parents beat themselves up um, when their children go astray in that um, they're like, I'm a terrible parent. I've done a terrible job. And you know we can all look back at our parenting, and we can all see where we where we had faults in our parenting, and where we made mistakes, uh, because we're humans. Mm-hmm. But the simple reality is that when you look at God, God had children; they were called angels. He created them, and they were perfect, and they came into being in a perfect environment. And in that perfect environment, God lost. Satan, and a whole bunch of his angels because he'd given them the power of choice. And so what guarantee do we have as parents that our children are not going to make their own decisions? Yeah, because you need to give them the, the power of choice as well. That's right. Not only do our children have the power of choice, but they also have a sinful human nature. That's right. And they also have the consequences of the mistakes that we have made as parents mm-hmm. because we have a sinful human nature and a weak nature where, you know, hey, we all make mistakes. So what do you do if you're a parent whose child has um, chosen to stray from the Lord? Yeah, and that's a question that's been asked me so many times. Because like we say, you really can't force them. No, you can't. Absolutely not. And the, and the more you try, the harder you try to force them any direction. I mean, you, you try and force kids one way or the other, they're going to go the opposite way. Mm. You know, I've, 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 I've seen it over and over and over again, you know, particularly once they reach, you know, early adulthood and they've become their own person. You know, certainly when they are young, 
it is our responsibility to guide them and to provide boundaries. But when they come become adults, if you try and continue to place those boundaries around them and try and continue to parent them and discipline them, all you're going to do is drive them away. You know, once they become adults, those opportunities are they're over. Um, and they're going to have to learn from their own life experiences and their own mistakes. You know, and, and it's and it's good when you can have a relationship with a kid where you can sit down and have a uh, you know a heart to heart conversation and give some good advice. But you can't put those boundaries around anymore. No. Um, and so you know, it's it's one of those questions I've asked so many times. But every circumstance is so different. There is no answer that is going to work for every single person except prayer. Um, we need to never, ever, ever stop praying for our children. Um, that's a really, really important part of, uh, you know, of, of the equation. And then every circumstance after that is going to be different from the one before it. All right, so moving on from there, uh, verse 4. I like verse 4. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. Yeah, I like that. No, I know why. Why? Because you had kids young. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's a really masculine verse, don't you think? Yeah. It's like yeah. I've got kids. I got I, I got arrows. I've got weapons here. I've got you know, I can have an impact on the world. Um and the way that you have an impact on the world with those kids, the way that you use them as weapons is all down to how you train them and how you raise them. I mean, it's such a weird uh sort of imagery. I mean, for me as a woman, like, what do you mean my kids are weapons? Yeah, they're weapons. Yeah, how? They're weapons of change. You raise your children to be good citizens so that they bring positive change in the world. Okay. Yeah. Like raising a little revolutionary army kind of a thing? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Oh, men think so funny. Ah, some, some men think, yeah, I'm going to have a whole bunch of kids and have a, uh, a cricket team or a football team or something rather like that, but... Um, no, your own private army right here. Yeah. To do are, good in the world. You want to like raise the next Martin Luther, don't you? Yeah, and I think that um, you know all of us are going to be uh, proud of our kids in one way or another. You can't not because they are your, your kids, even when they make mistakes and do terrible, you know, terrible mess ups, which all kids do at times. They're still your kids, and you, and that's always going to be the going to be the case. But uh, I think it's a good way to for parents to look at their uh, at their children. It's like, okay, how can I raise these children to be, you know, amazing revolutionaries? Revolutionaries to create a spiritual revolution of bringing people to God. Amen. Yeah, that, and that's the real purpose of you know having kids is to create more people to bring more people to God. Yes. Yeah. So your own private militia, mm-hmm. right here. Your uh, paramilitary force for God. I shouldn't be using all of this military. Well, it kind of uses military language. It's going to make, make me sound like some kind of wacko terrorist, doesn't it? You're just having a manly moment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, verse 5. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Okay, what do you think that... What what do you think that it it means there in that verse? You know, man has a has his quiver full of children, um, which means that he's not ashamed at the city gates when he's um, in judgment. Yeah, I don't know. I was wondering about that's probably the weirdest thing for me was like, why would he not be put ashamed when he confronts his accusers at the city gates? Like, is his kids going to be his backup? They're going to like come behind him and be like, yeah, we got your back, daddy. Like, I don't get it. Okay. Yeah, I think there is there is a very good uh, object lesson here. And first of all, we need to understand uh, what took place in the city gate. If you excavate um, ancient cities in you know the Palestine area, 
or uh, Israelite area, what you'll find is that the city gate, once you came into the city gate, there were benches on either side. And this is where the city elders would sit. And that's where they would adjudicate on, on, on cases. So if you had, if you had a case to plead, um, you would go to the city gate. So you didn't go to the courthouse, you went to the city gate, and that's where they'd be all sitting. You know, the, the city elders would be sitting there, and they'd say, yes, you know, you, you deserve this, or you don't deserve that. The law says this, the law says that. And of course, you know, then if that did not work out, then you would appeal, you know, higher up the, higher up the stream. Uh, but of course, Whenever you go to, you know, these kind of situations, there's nothing better than a good character reference and your children are a, are a living character reference for you. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. Interesting. For the lonely and forgotten For the weary and distressed
That was Bill Frost, Bill Frost Art with Rise Up here on Faith FM. We have... Uh, last clue for this quiz. We do indeed. Yes. Nobody's got this one yet. Yes. My, uh, what city am I? My name begins with an S. It, that's all the clue is. That's all the clue is. Okay, let's do it. Let me let me see that for a second. Quick, 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 quick run through right here. Joseph Joseph's bones were buried there. Joshua set a large stone there. Uh, Simeon and Levi had all the males in this city put to death. Uh, Dina had a sexual encounter with a man who had the same name as this city. Uh, one of the cities of refuge uh, begins with the letter S. Mm. Which city might that be? Give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. You said there was like six or five cities at Refuge. Six. Do any of them begin with S other than this one? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, in that case, it should be pretty easy to figure it out. Okay, do some figuring out. You're definitely going to have bragging rights if you can get this one right. Yes, give us a call. Get the prize. The book, of course, after today's prize is a book called Forgiven, the story of the ghetto preacher, uh, Willie Ramos, who um, was a murderous gang member who um, gave his life to Christ and the change that God worked in him is just incredible. It's his story. Get a copy now. Okay, we're talking about parenting this morning. Let's go over to Deuteronomy and we're talking about some of the keys to good parenting and there is a great passage over here that is all about parenting which doesn't become immediately obvious but uh, once you get a couple of verses in you go, ah, that's actually about parenting. So Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where we are going and Deuteronomy 6, getting there, getting there, getting there. While we're turning there, I just want to do a shout out to our listeners. Good morning, Kel, Joe, who are tuning in all the way from young New South Wales. There you go. Did they have a transmitter down there or are they listening online? Oh, probably online. They're so savvy with their tech, those two. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Uh, let's see here. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Mon, can you read for us verse 4, please? Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Okay, that's a great verse right there. And this verse is all about parenting. Um, and so we think, well, what's this got to do with parenting? Well, it hasn't, we haven't got there yet. Read the next verse. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, six oh, verse five. five. Yes. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Okay. And then verse six. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I give you today. Okay, all of these verses so far are all in the context of raising children. Okay. So let's work our way down through them. What's, what principle do we get from verse 4? Uh, to listen to God. Yes. And to, to have no other gods before him. To listen to God and for him to be the only God in our life. If our loyalties are divided, it will not be successful uh, for our children in modeling for them a connection with God. What principle do we get from verse 5? Uh, once again, putting God first. Yes. In what way? Uh, in, in the same way of not worshipping anything else. Yeah. And uh, being scared of him? No. Verse 5 says you have to love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is interesting because this is the passage that Jesus quotes when he is asked, you know, what is the new commandment? Mm. And this is the new commandment here. Strange as it might seem, it was not the new commandment. Jesus did not give any new commandment whatsoever at all, but it was a new concept to the people who were listening that all of the commandments, he goes on to say, on these two commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself, on these two commandments hang all the law 
and the prophets. And it says you must love the Lord. It doesn't say you must be scared of the Lord, which once again speaks to the point that we keep making here on Faith FM is that God is a relational God and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have you know a loving relationship. He doesn't want to have a fear-driven relationship with you. Indeed. Okay, and then we go on to um, verse 6. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I have given you today. And mine says, and put them in your heart. Amen. Okay, so these are all principles that parents need to follow in preparation for raising children. Number one, that we recognize God as the center of our home. Number two, that we love God with our whole heart. And number six, that the words of God are in the center of our heart, in the center of our life, in the center of all that we do. Okay, and now we come to verse 7, if you could read that one for us. Verse 7 says, Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk to them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Okay, so notice here that the whole passage beforehand, this is what God says, this is how you should live for the purpose of teaching them to your children. Amen. Okay, so there's two kinds of uh, of communication that we have in verse 7. Um, and, oh, by the way, congratulations to Leon who answered the quiz. Um, yeah. Um, let me just, let me just read this message well, real this quick. This is interesting because. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm told not to read the message. But anyway, Leon answered the quiz. I'll move on. No, he didn't. He did. It's, it's confusing. I am confused. Okay. This is what Leon said. He says he's answered the quiz correctly. Yes. But he doesn't want the prize. Okay. He wants to he wants to donate the prize. But he says he wants to put an end to this one so we can start another one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But Leon, Leon, I actually um <laughs> it's funny because just at the time that Leon called, I got a text message and someone else answered it correctly. So I guess ooh, we can give them the prize because they do want the prize. And that was actually was Joe. I was just doing a shout out to them and they're like and they were listening, they're like, actually we know the answer to the quiz. <laughs> so congratulations, Joe. Um uh, calling from Young Australia, she actually did get it right. The answer is Sechem, Shechem. Shechem. She- whatever. Shechem. Shechem. Yes. Sounds like a Chinese Sichuan sauce or something. Sort of no, a dish. Um, so Shechem, congratulations. Leon for bragging rights and Joe for bragging rights as well and getting the prize. Uh, they both got the answer right at the same time. Good thing we didn't, good thing Leon and, didn't and want th- the prize because they would have had to fight well, Special over the thanks prize. to Leon for ending the pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But good thing he didn't want the prize because they would have had to fight over it. I think Leon actually got a prize last week, and that's um, we have a one prize a month rule. So yeah, we will we will announce the next quiz, Leon, uh, in the next segment uh, coming up. So stay tuned, when we will do a new one very shortly. All right. So where are we up to? Okay. So we're looking at the teach talk principle. Yes. Teach talk principle is very very important principle in verse seven. It says you shall teach them to your children, uh, teach them diligently to your children, and will talk about them when you sit in your house. What is the difference between teaching and talking? Uh, teaching and talk. You can, you can teach without having to talk. Okay, that's an interesting way of looking. I always looked at teaching as jug to mug, whereas I looked at talking as um, jug discussion. Jug to mug. Jug to mug. I've never heard of this phrase. Jug to mug. What does that mean? You just you just you just get the information and pour it in. Okay. okay. It's jug to mug. Okay. So a sermon is jug to mug. Right, a small group Bible study is—I um, um, don't know what the equivalent of jug to mug is—but it's a small, it's a discussion. 
So one is a discussion, the other is just pouring the information in. In a sermon, you don't have interaction with your audience for the most part, and so you're just pouring the information in. But with a uh, Bible study, you're discussing together. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the Teach Talk principle comes through there, and there's a, um, a another principle that we're going to look at if we go over to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 19. Deuteronomy 18, and it's interesting how these principles often come in pairs, makes it kind of easy to uh, remember them. Deuteronomy 18, where am I? I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. Is that the verse you want? Nope. That's, well, that's 18, verse 19. Nope. That sounded very serious. <laughs> I will <is> personally not- <laughs> deal. <laughs> That's what it kind of sounds a bit like, right? Yeah, try, try 18 verse 19. That was 18. That's not 18, 19. Where, what De- book are you in? Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 18 verse 19. I will personally deal wow. with anyone who will not listen to the messages a prophet proclaims on my behalf. What does your version say? My version uh, is uh, actually quite different. But actually, it is the same verse. It shall come to pass that whoever will not listen to my words, which he will speak in my name, I'll require them of him. Oh, okay. It wasn't the verse I was looking for. Uh-huh. The verse I was looking for was the one in uh, chapter 6, verse 8 and 9, um, which is the um, write them on your on your doorpost and, and write and have them uh, have the words on your hand so that whenever you, whatever you do, whatever you think is going to be the words of God. And so it was the hand-write principle. But uh, we are out of time, so we're not going to have time to flick back to the correct we verse. We can flick back there tomorrow. Yeah, we can go back there tomorrow, read that one for you. Right now we're going to have The Corner Room, Psalms 127. Well done, producer. The very psalm we have been studying.
looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
was Carly Fletcher with How Amazing here on Faith FM. We have come time to time for question of the day. Quad yes, time. Uh, I, um, but I think Leon's going to be very happy to know that we are about to start. Brand new quiz, Leon. Are you ready for this? What number am I? Benjamin received this many times the amount of food that his brothers received when visiting Egypt. Mm. Lyle's got a screwed up little face trying to figure it out. And he is incorrect, written down the incorrect answer. Too bad, Lyle, too bad. Too bad, so sad. Try again tomorrow. I'm going to give you more clues for that quiz. Question of the day. Layola, are you ready, Ola? Yeah, nah, not an appropriate nickname there, Mon. You don't like Layola? <laughs> no. It's actually what I call you in my head. <laughs> I, I think in my head I refer to you as Layola Ignatius. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> you do realise you're going to start the world's biggest conspiracy theory on this one. <laughs> You should have seen how blown my mind was when I was at the uh, at the chapel of Igno- a chapel cathedral of was of Loyola Ignatius in uh, Croatia. I was like, ho, 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 the plot seconds. Anyway, um, going back on track now. Question of the day, Lyle. Yes, tomorrow we will talk about the uh, the nickname that I have in my head for Monica. <laughs> <laughs> you mean once you come up with one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I already have one. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard it. Whatever uh, it is, I'm sure you okay. haven't. Okay, okay. Lyola. Yes. Um, so the question of the day is, it's a really good one. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted at all points as we were, um, which means basically that Jesus was tempted in all sins and overcame them, and thereby we know that he has the power to overcome sins and we can cling to him when we are being tempted to overcome whatever we're being tempted with. But was he really tempted with every sin that exists? I mean, was he tempted to murder someone? Was he tempted to commit homosexuality? Like, was he really tempted on every point there is? Okay, the Bible says, For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sinning. And so when you think about Jesus, you have to realize that Satan had much more at stake in getting Jesus to sin than in getting us to sin. If, if Satan can get us to sin, he can bring about one person's destruction. If he can get Jesus to sin, he brings about every sinner's destruction. And so you can imagine that Satan is going to throw absolutely everything that he can at Jesus Christ. The Bible says he was pointed, he was tempted in all points like we are. The Bible doesn't say he was tempted with all specific sins that we are tempted with. That means that he was tempted with all the different categories of sin. So yes, was he tempted with violence? Absolutely he was tempted with violence. You know, he was shunned by a Samaritan city and uh, the uh, sons of thunder came to him and they said, you know, just just, just tell us that, tell us to do it and we will call fire down from heaven on this city. Um, you know, that was a temptation right there, a temptation to commit violence. Uh, was he tempted with sexual sin? Of course he was tempted with sexual sin. Um, and, you know, people say, well, homosexuality, I don't know. But whether you are tempted with homosexual sin or whether you are tempted with heterosexual sin or anything in between, it's in the category of sexual sin. And you think of the story of Mary Magdalene, for instance. When Mary Magdalene is brought before him, uh, she's a prostitute, 
Uh, she's been stripped naked. Um, she's incredibly vulnerable. And then she becomes a disciple and follows him uh, wherever he goes. And, of course, you're not in that profession unless you're an attractive person. And so you can imagine there would be some uh, – it would be impossible for there not to be temptation there. And we know that Satan is on Jesus' case every moment of every day trying to throw everything possible at him to to bring him to sin. And wasn't he out in the wilderness for a while? Just like, The temptation just in the wilderness, tempted. yes. The temptation yeah. in the wilderness deals with three very broad categories of sin. Um, and, and, of course, there he was tempted to, to uh, you know, and, of course, you know, if you are the son of God, uh, he was first tempted to doubt who he was and to doubt his calling, but then to use his divine power uh, for his own purposes to, to create food. And, of course, you know, food is one of those primary things – Food was how Adam and Eve came unstuck in the Garden of Eden. You know, so Satan has really gone back to his grassroots here. He's like, I got Adam and Eve with food at the very beginning. You know, this is a perfect formula. I'll get Jesus with food right here. Uh, then, of course, he was tempted with fame. You know, throw yourself down off the top of the temple and everybody's going to worship you. And then, of course, you know, he takes him to the top of a high mountain. And he admits who he is. Like, okay, I know who you are. I get that. You're the son of God. All right, we understand that. But you've come here. And to buy this world, it's going to cost you your life. It's going to cost you a life of pain and suffering and misery. And I'm going to throw everything at you that I can. It's going to be horrific. And, of course, Jesus in his humanity did not want to go through that. He says, look, I'll give it to you for free. You don't have to die. I'll give it to you for free. Just, just, just worship me. You know, and, you know, you can have all of these people. You've come here because you love all these people. That's why you're here. Um, I'll give them to you for free. You know, I won't, I won't require, you know, your death or anything like that. I'll give it to you for free. Just, just worship me. And so, uh, and so this is what we find that, uh, that Jesus is, is truly tempted with all of the different categories of sin that we are tempted with. He was abused in all the different ways that uh, human beings are abused with today um, so that he truly can experience what we are experiencing. Anyway, that's Question of the Day. This is Chelsea Moon and the Fran, Franz Brothers in The Secret of His Presence. My soul delights to hide Oh, how precious are the lessons Which I learn at Jesus' side Earthly cares can never vex me Neither trials lay me low For when Satan comes to tempt me To the secret place I go to the secret place I go Sweet. 
Wouldn't you like to know the sweetness of the secret of the Lord? Go and hide beneath His shadow. This shall then be your reward. And whenever you leave the silence of that happy meeting place, you must mind and bear the image of the Master in your face. Of the Master in your face. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Chelsea Moon and the Franz Brothers here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show, which means that we are about to give something away for free. And the book that we're giving away today is a Remnant Publications book called The Passion of Love. He did this for you. Indeed. Um, all about the uh, closing scenes of Christ's life. Yes, um, on the back, it's, it just sounds so heart-wrenching. <clears throat> it says, The passion of love, it began quietly in a garden called Gethsemane and culminated violently on a hill called Calvary, a brief moment in time that forever changed the world. But nothing you'll ever see or hear can compare to the gospel truth, and nothing but the Bible itself will ever fill you with hope or inspire you more than the book you can now, <clears throat> you now hold in your hands. You can get a copy of this book, um, for free, totally for free today. All you need to do is be the first person to call us now. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. Get a copy of The Passion of Love. He did it for you by E.G. White. Um, only one copy available. So give us a call now. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Okay, that's the number to call if you would like a uh, copy of that book right there. And don't forget that if you'd like to know more about the Bible and uh, study the Bible in whatever way you would like, whether it's in a small group, whether it's one-on-one, if you'd like to study with one of our Bible workers. If you would like to do a correspondence course, you can do my correspondence course called The Prophetic Code. Um, Or if you would uh, like to study online, we can make all of those things happen for you uh, right here on Faith FM. Just give us a call. We'll make it happen. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Always there 